We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst. We're joined, well, I'm joined tonight by Ben Wade, Simon Campbell. The three of want to talk to you about Newcastle United versus Fulham and also look back at... Well, Reading, basically, and, and kind of talk a little bit about the three that were. Try and be a little bit more upbeat than Sign Mickey's efforts from Saturday. <laughs> uh, University, the most unpopular podcast we've ever done. <laughs> um, uh, we're also going to have two Fulham fans on later, Russ and um, another lad, <laughs> uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, who his name escaped me there. So, so we've all, all had comments here today, quite a long show. Me, Sign, and Ben are going to talk to you now about all things Newcastle United. Bit of a plug, most of you will already know we'll have the podcast with Craig Hope. That was a really good podcast, half an hour long. Uh, please listen to that. Some great feedback so far. Craig was interesting as always. Um, really good to see loads of people liking the Facebook page and some good discussion on there about how shit Mitro is. Um, wouldn't have expected anything less really from, from our Facebook page, but please do give it a like and uh, we're going to try and have some broader discussions on there. I'll just tell you, that debate started with our podcast uh, after Huddersfield, I would say. Did it? What? <laughs> right. Um, no, because I said I want, I want, I want a fan who cut to come and defend Mitter on the pod when we talk to a special yeah. podcast. I'm just saying, weeks. We, we had a negative pod. We just somehow start talking about Mitrovich again. <laughs> it's all his fault. Bloody Mitrovich. Um, so, lads, Ben, start with you. Your furthest round. How you weren't here? Oh, you didn't see it. I wasn't, and I didn't see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Um, the Redden game, me and you watched it in nine ball. Well done to nine ball. Crack and night. Um, Redden result. Do you think it was a good point? Uh, or do you think, no, actually having watched the game and seen the balance of play, it was disappointing not to get all three? Um, of all the three games, it's the one where the opposition had the least chances, in my opinion. And probably we had some of the better um, chances. Did Huddersfield um, have a chance? Well, yeah, they had a lot of the ball. I mean, Reading had a lot of ball as well, but Huddersfield at least sort of threatened a little bit. You're right, it was, again, Dollar's made like two saves and they're both comfortable against Huddersfield. He's done the same here and they've, they've hit the post right at the end of the game and should have scored in maybe the first minute, was it, where that bloke got a header. Yeah. Um, his name escapes me. Uh, so, of the three games, I thought they were the worst opposition. I think we would have said that beforehand. Reading are far, far worse than, than Huddersfield and Brighton. And it's just... Any any time we've seen them this season, they've looked pants. They were crap at St James's. I, I don't know. They just weren't. I wouldn't have considered them when you looked at the fixtures a, a hard game. 
So it's not it's not a brilliant result. It doesn't matter because we're at the end of a of, of the week we've had, and I don't want to say the the seven points out of nine because I've heard that at work like about a hundred times in the last few days. Everyone's talking about the seven points out of nine, and it is brilliant. But um, yeah, it's I don't know. It could, it could have been a better result, but I'm not obviously worried about it. Ben, just to contradict Sai and talk about the seven out of nine. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, presumably, I was talking about three draws would have been great. Not lo- not gaining any, losing any ground in yeah, these yeah, three that, teams. So, are you, thing, uh, is it? it literally beyond our wildest dreams? That that was the one. I, if you'd have told me at the start of the week, which game would you like accept not getting anything from? It'd have been the Red game, just because I don't see them. Well, we've got a point, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying if you'd have said you could, you'll get points out of those, but you have to drop in one. Oh, right, uh, the team points, I would have yeah, chosen yeah. to drop them to would have been yeah. Reading. Because obviously, um, I don't, I don't, there's still 10 games to go, still a lot to play for, but like Reading are obviously the, the furthest to drift, and you just feel, I don't, from what I've seen of them, like they're probably the most inconsistent team. I don't see them being a threat away at all, even though they're, I think they're fourth or, or fifth, uh, fifth now. now but, but, um, I mean, we went and played them, they had the second best home record in the division yeah. behind Brighton, and we were the better team. But it's, it's, it's just, I just think. From what I've seen of them, there they're sort of the least least threatening to us. Yeah, so, well are, yeah. um, although obviously that you would think, therefore that we, we should be able to beat them. Like I don't mind dropping in that game. The fact that we beat Brighton and Huddersfield, it was basically like a free game to just sort of just just see through. Really, um, I mean, obviously everyone was going on about how it's the the toughest run, and we've we've come through it with far more than I think anyone would have expected. Um, like being realistic, um, I don't think anyone would have said. Well, nobody would have turned down seven points at the start of that run, so I think that was massive. Um, I just, I just think it was. To be honest, I mean, obviously, it must have been like a knackering week for the lads yeah. as well. Just all the pressure building into this, and like, if things had gone wrong, like <laughs> this could have put in real shit. Um, the fact that they've got through it unscathed and, and actually come out the side like in in better position is just unbelievable, and you've just got to. Um, give a lot of credit there to Rafa and the lads that they've they've got the job done and they've they've proven that they are the the, the best team in the league comfortably because they've I mean obviously I, I missed the uh, Huddersfield and Reading games because I was away um, for some reason all the bars around the San Siro don't what, don't show uh, Championship football no idea why but that was a bit of a piss take um, but the Brighton game have battered them and obviously I mean the, the score line three one and from what I've what I've heard about the match as well. We fully deserve to to beat Huddersfield as well, so um, it's just it's got to do, give them a lot of confidence going into the last stretch of the the season. That the end is in sight. That we've, we've, we've the promised land sort of coming up, and they've, they've just got to keep things going. I mean, we've we've obviously already talked about how after this period we've only got Leeds left in Sheffield Wednesday um, to play out the sort of top the top sides. Um, yeah, for me, that's a mare. We'll get all of our points against the top sides. We're going to get six more points. However, man, it's Burton and Wigan, though, man. The, the shit. Like, Burton, Wigan. Burton are worse than them both at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Ben. Um, going to lodge me complaint with the Italian Embassy that the Dutch Championship football. So well, the were they showing that terrible Liverpool Arsenal game instead, were they? Uh, no, it was like some so shite. Did, like, did you go to a match? Yeah. Or well, what do you go to? Uh, Kievo AC Milan on Saturday night. What was the score? Three one to Milan. Decent. Carlos back uh, hit the worst penalty you'll ever <laughs> see. Like we were in the very top like row, uh, like the very top stand, and he nearly hit us. <laughs> it was just if if you remember on Chapman when it was like oh he's ballooned the penalty, <laughs> yeah. like you just imagine it just like sailing up into the sky like that was literally the definition of a ballooning of a penalty. Was there money there? 
Um, yeah, quite a few. I mean, you did you come to the Roma, uh, Roma Milan game when we went in? I went to the room. There was about forty five thousand there. Yeah, like I would say, it was more than that. I mean, it was it was similar. Like it's weird. They all sort of the fans move around behind the goals. Really? Um, but we were in within like within the ultras. Um, oh, yeah. Got quite a few good photos and videos actually to show you after regarding uh, Gallagher flags. But uh, anyway, that's for another time. But yeah, no, it was class. Yeah, um, I went when went to Italy a couple of years ago. Went to Milan Palermo mm. in the Coppa Italia, and it was thirteen thousand there. Really, still made a loud noise. Aye. But in that massive stadium, yeah, so it's nice yeah, yeah. when there was some. some I mean, it's there. an unbelievable. If any, I mean, obviously a lot of lot of fans will have probably been over for the Inter in the game back in the day. But um, like if you've never been, it's some stadium to go to. Like it's just unbelievable. It just looks massive and it's just a class like mint design. Former former home of Rafa, of course. Yeah. Indeed. Speaking of which, lads, uh, Saturday represents one year exactly ex- to the day on Saturday that he signed his contract. Today is the anniversary, the 9th, of when everyone knew he was coming. And then Saturday was the, that he actually signed his contract on the 11th. What a year it's been. Um, can't be- I can't believe it's been a year. Um, but <laughs> but there you go. But back to the matter in hand after a little brief Italian football <laughs> sojourn. Um <laughs> Sai, which was the best result for you out of the three? Uh, because of the manner in which it came, it was the Brighton one, wasn't it? I mean, it set us up for the next two games anyway, but the Diome goal, followed by one, one of the best goals they've scored all season as well, but it was fully deserved. We totally, totally battered them. And, the, I mean, the Huddersfield game was a different kind of performance, which was excellent. It was a rougher performance. It was a, a team that weren't worried about the constant possession of a side that weren't ever really threatening, but for another stupid penalty. So yeah, the Brighton game for me was was the one. It's they're they not they weren't the biggest worry at the start of this week. The worry was, is this week going to let Huddersfield catch us? So the Huddersfield game should have been the biggest result of them all. But that Brighton game, the performance was excellent. The result was class, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. Um, one of the the most important things to me is that we've had three massive games in a week, and how often have we as Newcastle fans? And I think I think. The Leeds game was probably the other one this season where that Leeds game was a big game. It was the only game on telly at that time. It was on Sky Sports 1. Leeds sold out for the first time in, you know, 50 years. Not that it had anything to do with us, of course. Massive coincidence, just like Huddersfield selling out for the first time in their history. Nothing to do with Newcastle. Just such a coincidence that Newcastle are the opposition every time these clubs sell out. I mean, I, I wrote a me match preview that were a little bit like FIFA. Like, everyone gets all excited for a coming you know, gets their faces painted, sells out, does all these things, then would take what we want off them and we'll leave and they get all annoyed. <laughs> like, also maybe the you know Olympic Committee going into these, like, like Athens and just ruining it. <laughs> That's like us at away towns. But, um, yeah, it's just like the, the eyes of the nation were on with Brighton. Everyone was watching that game, all the football media, all the football world, and, and was stood up and were counted. And even if we'd lost that game and I was, you know, I was there, everyone knows I was there who's listening to the podcast, the performance would have been fine. Um, we've played well, and that's just such a nice thing for the big games for us to be playing well in. And we'll have to take that into Fulham in, in the smaller games where we haven't played so well, but it's just really, I'm just really, really proud of the lads. And the, we're, we're miles better, we're much better than Redden. I think Redden were massively fortunate. Maybe that last 10 minutes when they came on quite strong, the lads were on their feet, and Rafa said that afterwards, like, especially the midfield, like Colback and Shelby have played like. Yeah. You know, three games and a week away from home there, and they rest or out like that, like chasing, you know, the other teams have had possession. So fair play to like the lads it's put not, the shift It's in. not like they've all been like short journeys either. I mean, Brighton yeah. is as literally as far away yeah. as you can go. 
like Huddersfield's not exactly close, and then Reading again back down the South Country. It's not it, that that's. I mean that that's going to take its toll on you as well. To the travelling, I mean travelling's fucking knackered. When I had a two-hour bloody flight from it, Italy and killed me. So God knows what <laughs> the lads uh, were struggling with after that. Um, so just well, well done, everyone involved with Newcastle United. We're proud of you. Um, how much of a pricks Yapstam? Sorry, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that bothered. Like, what, what's what's everyone's beef? I've, I've not really. It's just like the like... way he says it. It's like it's like. Uh, Yapstam got me thinking about like just how funny Alex Neal was when we beat the four three, when his team were three two up in the ninety fourth minute of a game, managed to lose, and he blamed the ref for playing one extra minute <laughs> over the minimum amount of added time. So it's like, how delusional do you have to be? Yapstam came out and said Newcastle were average, Redden were the better team. Well. They only managed six shots, one on target yeah. for, at home. Um, or seventy percent possession, it's pointless. It's almost like you know passing the ball. I mean, yeah. I think when we were in the in the uh, nine bar watching it, we were commenting like, "This is this is painful." Just watching fifty minutes of Redden passing the yeah. ball around and then giving it to her, yeah. and then us having an attack, <laughs> and then just watching fifty more minutes of Redden passing the ball around, doing nothing, and then us having an attack. And if we'd scored one of those goals, I think we would have batted them. Yeah. But it was just a case of. We kept missing my chances and then just having to watch another 15 minutes of shocking nothing football. And Jap Sam's sitting there going, that's 21 passes, 22 just passes. Just yeah, like, like, yeah, it's, it's just like, yeah, like, with a, like, what do you call those old, um, what came before the calculator? Abacus. An abacus, like, <laughs> counting the passes, like, on the bench, turning round, like, go on, that was another pass there, like, stick it on. <laughs> like, showing the lads at half time the completed abacus, like, well done, lads. <laughs> It is, it's just more of football than it. Like, obviously, Barcelona have kind of ruined football a little bit. In that, in when that, was the last time they were involved in a decent I, game? I then? was going to say, like, completely ignoring last night, obviously, but it's just more the fact that they, they were the ones that popularised the possession, like, dominating possession and dominant and sort of tying teams out. And there's, like, they can do it because they've got some world class players that can literally, like, pounce on you in a second. With a couple of passes that'll yeah. kill teams. It doesn't work against Two, any team. I was going to say, imagine how if if Redden get promoted, which they won't, but if Redden got promoted, they would get fucking battered exact, in the Premier League. Exactly, like, trying to play like that. Well, they went to Man Old oh, Trafford, didn't they? Yeah, Friday, got like, smashed. Passed the Bolton three yeah, times, yeah. And, like, and that and that's my point is like you've got all these other teams trying to like sort of replicate that without having any sort of quality. So you're essentially just like stuck with your defenders having a lot of possession, which gets you absolutely nowhere. When you do try and pass the ball forward, you've got chip players, so they lose the ball. It's exactly what you've just sort of described there, why, whereby they had the ball 15 minutes and then gave with the ball. It's just, there's so many teams like that, but it's just, it's just boring to watch because there's no real direct sort of quality um, of, of attacking. It's not attacking footballers, it's just boring. It's literally trying to bore the other team asleep and then waiting for a mistake to happen. So say, um, same with Huddersfield play with a higher intensity and play more forward passes, but Redden and Huddersfield play the same. And I was saying this um, about the Huddersfield game. It's like you can see how the against worse teams it works because the other teams will eventually just be like, right, we're going to come and try and get the ball yeah. off you. Mm-hmm. They kind of bore teams into it. Yeah. Whereas against us and our lads with Rafa and the fact that we didn't have to win, particularly against Huddersfield and yeah. Redden having beaten Brighton, like, it was almost like lads changing game plan. Yeah, like, it's so like narrow, isn't it, for them? Yeah, like yeah. we, you know, Look at our performances at Brighton um, Huddersfield, Huddersfield and well, particularly Huddersfield and Redden we've changed the way we play we normally go from home and dominate yeah, possession yeah. and capitalise the ball we, Rafa has the ability to change the way the team plays to get the results um, those lads there Yapstam just like nah just do the same we could be playing Burton on Newcastle we'll play exactly the same 
Um, I just I just thought it was really ungracious of him afterwards saying he, we weren't a good side. We're not one of the best sides that played this season. Like there's just no need for it really. Like it, that, that's the stupid thing. Like it's just it's embarrassing. It is. I mean, it, it, I, I take ev- everything anyone ever says like against it. Like I take it with a pinch of salt because it's just bollocks. Like ninety nine percent of the time anyway. But it's just it is just like how ridiculous is it to judge one team off one performance where like you've played shite yourself. Yeah. And it's it's clearly like obviously a motivational tactic of building up his players having like it just probably wasted ninety minutes of their lives that they'll never get back again. Um of just saying like <laughs> lads, no, trust us, like this will work. Yeah. Uh you were better than them, honestly. <laughs> um it it's just but it's just like laughable sometimes. You just the it, it's just bullshit. We've done this without Dwight Gill, pretty much. I know we got the goal against Huddersfield and he come on and did well again against Redden. So, you know, fair play to, to Gufran and to Murphy for the shifts they did. Obviously, Mitt Rich, nowhere. Um, Gomez was one who come in, Si, on uh, Tuesday with... Yeah, had Lynn out for a few weeks, which is a real blow. Um, Anita picked up a knock but was on the bench. Do you, do you, think, he's, do you think he looked the real deal? I don't know if you're asking that because he thought he was. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't have much to do really. I thought he was, he was bright at times. He got forward. He was, he was, um, you know, in around the edge of the box. When 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 we were in possession and they were getting behind the ball, he was coming into the game. He wasn't just sitting on the halfway line as you would might expect Paul Dummett to do. Um, he just just had an all right game, didn't he? I, I, I don't think that's the start yeah. of something for him. I'm sure as soon as Yedlin's fit, he's he's right back. But well, I think it's positive for me that this is a lad who's what it was his second start. In his first start, he dislocated his shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Within the first five minutes of the game, so I'd say I mean he, from, he, from he, the look, it, from the look as comfortable as he did for me is a positive because if he is going to play, yeah, then he looked com- comfortable is the right word. That's what, if you sign a thirty-one-year-old defender who's going to be a backup player, they have to look comfortable on any game that they're coming yeah. to. It's not the same as a Lazar who's who's a young lad who's coming in who's trying to learn to to play the game. And he's he's kind of struggled because he's been a bit lightweight and he's not really had the impact you'd have hoped. Whereas Gammas is meant to be at a thirty-one, you know, just a finished article who, when called upon, can do the job. And I'd say he has. That that's the thing. It's that experience, isn't it? It's you'd expect a, a professional footballer, especially someone who's like been at the clubs here. I mean, obviously Madrid, like they they will work yeah solidly. Like Sim, someone like Simeone, you can imagine being a proper drill sergeant, like. Yep. Making sure everyone knows exactly what they need to do, like being fit all the time. Like they'll not fucking stand for anyone bloody like sitting around doing football, and they'll they'll always be ready to come in and, and do the job when they, they need to. And you get sort of similar feeling with Rafa as well. Like he's obviously very meticulous in his preparation. So you you imagine these lads, even I mean Gamers for example. Obviously, I think Rafa have identified him as someone that will be a useful squad player that will come in. He's probably not going to play every game, but he's going to be good enough to come in and fill in the slots when we need to and he's got that versatility to play left, right or right back whatever we need um, I don't think um, he was necessarily going to going to come in and, and play 50 games for the season but it's just the fact that you've got someone there that is ready I mean he's been, he's probably been unlucky I think he would have played more games had he been fit um, it's, I think the injuries have, have derailed him a little bit yeah, but I think the, the fact that as you say he can come in and, and just slot in and, and not look out of place is just a sign that he's He's a professional, like experienced yeah. player. He was also brought at the start of the season when, um, when we had Paul Dummett off the back of one of the worst seasons any defenders ever had, and you know just we 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 were all calling like he's got to buy a proper left back, he's got to buy a proper left back, otherwise we're going to struggle. 
we've got a neater and Paul Dummett at the fullback. This is a mare we need we need some players. So when when Gamas is there, none of us really knew much about him, but we thought he's probably here to start most games. Thirty one year defender. Yeah. We, we've got we've got a proper fullback, and we won't have and to play Paul of, Dummett. He kind of turned up injured. Yeah, and then he had problems, and yeah. But I mean, Paul Dummett's done very well. Yeah, Rafa's Ra- 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 made a player of Dummett. And those Dummett in those three games, yeah. by the way, unreal. In those yeah, three, excellent, excellent, three games, and defense, yeah. def- obviously not but defensively, obviously not, but like defensively, he was spot on. So fair play, Paul. Moving on to Fulham this weekend, it's like it's a hard. I don't know. To just did he not get the assist for uh, Perez? Perez for the winner against. No, I was at two. Oh, I too. Sorry, yeah. What would Paul Dummett do? Yeah, there? I know. <laughs> Bring him down a seventy-yard ball and <laughs> put another defender. <laughs> it, was, it mustn't have been that one. There was one where it was definitely Dummett cut back. It wasn't the goal then. Was it Diarme? Maybe did Diarme have a shot? No, there was, was one where Dummett was definitely like, well, because he's getting, he's starting to like very infrequently, but he is starting to get forward a bit. Which oh, I'm trying to I think. think he might have put a cross in against Huddersfield. <laughs> I'm not saying it went to one of our players, but in terms of attacking play, that's all I can. And what a cross I that think was! I'm talking about um, the home Actually, game. Actually, put a couple of good balls in against Redden. I do remember yeah. he has. He has. I mean, he's Christian added it I was going to say I'm literally basically two peas in the pod. <laughs> I often struggle to tell them apart. <laughs> no, I think what I'm getting confused with is the. Uh, it must have been the last home game. Um, right, um, I can't even think. Bristol City. Bristol City might have been. Bristol City seems like that's what I mean it's like ages ago. ago but uh, I remember on the podcast and someone tweeted me recently saying it like I said like nay one because obviously everyone's kicking off about Bristol uh, City I was like nay one will be thinking of Bristol City if we beat these lads and yeah, that's what happened you're right but bringing that back to Fulham after Ben you, you brought us back to give Paul Dummett some non I was going to say I'm just trying to build, build the lad up yeah. I, I love him he's my favourite player now um, the young Paul Dummett nearly 26 <laughs> um, but uh, I Fulham right this weekend dead dead hard game. Why is that, lads? Why well, is it dead hard? Yeah, yeah. You've uh, previewed us on this that Fulham's away form is 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 it the best. Well, second Fulham's away league, form yeah. is second only to Newcastle. Only lost three times on the road this season, and I don't know if they've lost in two thousand seventeen away from home. Mental record that they've only lost one game all season by more than one goal. Um, it's it's like I know we're top of the league. Obviously, other fans look at our record and think fucking hell, that's good. I'm looking at the record like this for Fulham, thinking Christ, these are good. Right. Now it's it's almost like a different lifetime when we played Fulham yeah. uh, away. We well, I was there with Green Street, and it's like it just seems like so long ago. Um, Daryl Yamat was playing for Newcastle. John Joe Shelby wasn't in the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Aaron's played. Yeah, Rolando Aaron's was involved. Um, we didn't know if Dwight Gill was any good or not. Um, Mitrovic was banned. <laughs> Uh, it was just so far, far, you know, far away ago, um, and it's just kind of symmetrical that we've we've got them now at home and see how far we've come and what we're doing. We're at the top of the league. Brighton play Friday night, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes against Derby. McLaren's such a nagger. Like he's been saying today in his pre-match press conference for Derby, he was like, "Brighton will definitely go up." And it's like, well, if you're planning on beating them, Steve, if Huddersfield win their game, they've got the same points. <laughs> like, oh, I think if Huddersfield win their game in hand, so. Like it's just a weird thing to say, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah. Brighton will definitely go up, but like, well, don't big them up to your team. That's nah. weird. Like, anyway, that probably means it won't go up. Nah, he's it's probably it's next level thinking. It's mind games. Man. Yeah, he's probably he's like Steve Black's probably written it down <laughs> on some paper for him, and he's read it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, most managers would be like, oh well, I don't know. I can't. I can't worry about that. Um, there's loads of good teams in this division. You know, Chris is a good manager. I'm sure he'll. 
I'm sure we'll get it over the line. Not Brighton will definitely go up. Yeah. Um, just like we definitely weren't going to go down. Uh. Remember, Craig Cope reminded us in the podcast. Was it just last night? Was it? No, two nights ago. Um, Craig Cope reminded us like McLaren initially wanted 10 games. <laughs> then he wanted like 20. Then he wanted till Christmas. <laughs> then he wanted till the end of the season. <laughs> So uh, if Brighton don't go this season, I reckon he'd be like, they'll <laughs> definitely he did go it, next year. If, if, he did it, if he did it that order, I'm sure 20 games is after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, I... Uh, but still, I know what you mean. Like, I, want, I, want I, want I want next Christmas. I want next Christmas. I'll get it right. We'll, we'll, we'll get promoted from League One. Um, all right, so Fulham anyway, Ben. Uh, you know, have they impressed you much this season? I know they've been free scoring and free conceding. Yeah, they're a funny. They're a, they're a funny team. Like they're, they're one of those teams that you you do like look at the results every now and again. They're like they're eye catching. Like they've had some big wins, and you just think, how aren't they like in in the the playoffs? playoffs? Um, I mean, it's it's obviously not their away form that's the problem. I think it must just be at home. I mean, they've they've had they've had some un- unlucky um, unlucky results. I think as well. Like I've seen a, a couple of times they've conceded late goals. I mean, they obviously got one against Leeds the other night um, in their favour, but. Um, I mean that. I mean, I think that in itself like shows you that they're a, a capable team, and I think we. I mean, we we said at the, the start of the season when we played them, they were they were a tough team to play against. They weren't. It wasn't a pretty game. It was a pretty dire game, really. Um, and they, they just. But it was just hard work, and it was like that was coming in obviously into the league. That like that was a, a definition of what like championship football was meant to be. That it was just scrappy. Like they brought brought you down Set to their piece, level. Yeah. It was a set piece goal that they scored from. They've got a big striker up top who was it was a bit of a, a bit of trouble, and it was just it was like just a, a, a horrible game really. Um, but I, I think um, I, I, I just think obviously we've we've developed so much. I mean, we're, as you say, we're so far removed from from that performance and, and that makeup of the team that like I, it won't it won't turn out the same. Quite a bit of symmetry here. Not with it just being Fulham, but we need thirteen points from the last ten games. To achieve promotion, well, argue, argument's sake, 90 points. No team's ever not been promoted with 90 points. Um, Rafa, when he came in last season, picked up 13 game, thirteen points from 10 games. So it's like, I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, even though I've thought since day one we're going up, so I'm not changing that. But it's funny because you, you can think to yourself, right, we're promoted. We're done. Yeah. Absolutely done. We're promoted. Or you can think, nah, we're promoted when we get the points. Mm-hmm. Teams you saw last season went the last day. Um, we don't want to go on the last day needing something to get a 90 points yeah, yeah. but 13 points from 10 games Rafa got 13 points from 10 games with in a disgraceful team in a hard league <laughs> he needs to get 13 <laughs> points from 10 games were mint in a, in a bad league or in a, in a weaker league with, so, with like three of the well the Preston, Barnsley Preston, Barnsley Wigan, Burton Fulham to play at home there's points to be had yeah. we kind of get three wins from that three wins at least you know, why do you keep getting this 13 points from? Because we've got 77, don't we? Oh, yeah. I think we're pretty clear it's not a 90-point season. It is 90 points. I, I can't see Huddersfield getting 90 points. I, I don't know. We, we can't just assume that they won't win games. They're not, so. they're not at the two-point... They're, they're not and haven't been for most of the season at that two-points-a-game level. Yeah. Beyond our first mech month at the start of the season, we've been at two-points-a-game since Norwich. It was a mare, though. You're right. So... So, do you, do you see Fulham um, causing a problem St James? Do you think a draw is a good result considering that the league position, or have to, having drawn games at home against the likes of QPR and Bristol, do we need to be putting you know putting the three points on the board here? 
Uh, well, I think we've made a bit of an industry in in the last ten games of just playing terribly against the bad teams and playing really well against the top teams. So I'd I'd full them on a top team, but I'd say they're a bet one of the better teams. They're in the division. top way team. Yeah, top yeah. Way team. And they're yeah. one of the better teams in the division. I don't think they'll come and and treat it as like a. Uh, kind of a scalp in in some respects, which a lot of the the, the lesser teams in the league have done. I don't think they'll be in our faces, kind of trying to shut the game down. I think they'll come to play a game of football, and that will only play in our hands because anyone who's tried to just play football against we we've smashed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think we we struggle with complacency, and we struggle against teams that are quite happy to to get anything that's in chambers. Whereas Fulham are on a bit of a run; they're not quite in the playoffs yet. They're going to want to go for points. They're not going to try and draw the game. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 an, it'll be an open match, and if it's an open game, we will win. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and um, I think you know Kanovic's part of the immediate days that they're going to come and have a right go. Hmm, if you're not like the teams that have beaten the season, do it. The press, you know, the press were up in the final in the middle third, yeah. but they don't overcommit. They don't chase the ball. Yeah. They might press Paul Dummett if he's got the ball. Um, we we that that sounds good to me. If they want if they want to really have a go and leave space for John Joe Shelby, Mark Ritchie and Dwight Gale, and that's presuming Dwight Gale plays. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I was going to say the only thing we don't need is a Bristol City start where we're just yeah. so slow off the mark. But at the same time, we've kind of done it against Huddersfield and Brighton, where we've learnt now to that if we do find ourselves under pressure for a spell, just got to get through it. They'll knock themselves out if they're just passing it round, and if we're defending well, because we're good enough to keep them out, we're good enough to not give away any chances as long as they don't make any stupid mistakes because. I mean, most of the goals we've conceded this season have been like calamities, like just just big errors. There's not been many teams that have put a good goal past it. So as long as we just like keep our heads in the game. The it, thing for come. me is as well. You know, you talked about performing badly at home against those lesser teams, particularly against Bristol and, and QPR. Um, we should have won them games. They're not the kind of games where like I know we're coming back late against Bristol, but it's like frustrating for me is that it's not like we played shit and then grabbed a bit of a lucky kind of goal. It's like we were the better team, and by QPR, yeah. we should have put it in the bed by you know, miles in advance. And that they're, they're genuine drop points. If Fulham come and play us off the park and we're going to draw, that's not they're not drop points because we've done all right. So yeah. I want to see we take the three points in full. Um, I think the three points takes what at eighty with nine games to go. That you know that's what's a big win for me. This if we get it because if we get eighty points for nine games to go with with the games you mentioned, Ben. Plus, we're fucking mint away from home. I'm talking about home games. Got yeah. Birmingham away for God's sake. Um, you know, it's like it's done then. But it would just be it just be a great game to win. It's Rafa's anniversary. Be a full Gallagher flags display. Please buy tickets to the quiz if you haven't. Got news today of some unbelievable prizes from the club. Uh, again, so thanks to Newcastle for supporting more consistently. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Large predictions. Two uh, one Newcastle. Two one Newcastle. Uh, I went two 0 I don't think we'll concede. I went three one in my true faith match preview. Um, so I, I like that though, Ben. I like the positivity of not conceding. Um, often, um, you know, when we when we play at home, we've, we've hardly had a chance to play Gale and Inform Richie and Shelby all together. Mm-hmm. The kind of Gale's injuries recently. Shelby's ban. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing those three play together and the damage we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, shame Hayden isn't back, but I don't know whether whether them um, he played the army probably not alongside um, 
we are so drunk. I'd, I'd like I'd like to see uh, Diame drop drop back. Yeah, well, we know if callback starts that Diame will come on from at some point. <laughs> it's just inevitable. Yeah. Just whether it's before or after the yellow card that Colbert gets for a two-game ban. <laughs> Same with Richie's. This is the last game for avoiding a two-game ban. Oh, please, Richie, don't just don't grief the ref. Don't do Richie, Matt honest. Richie, I don't want to go to Birmingham without you there. So <laughs> yeah. um, please don't don't get done. I think have we covered everything there, lads? Take that as a yes. Silence. Yeah, we'll be back. We're going to do a podcast straight after Fulham with the lads from the Twitter account Warham, who we're we're friendly with now. Uh, great set of lads. And that'll be out pretty much probably eight nine o'clock Saturday night. Then we'll obviously have the Birmingham uh, preview podcast next week. We'll do that middle of the week, and then we are probably going to be doing a few special podcasts during the kind of two week international break, including a three quarter season review, looking ahead to the last ten games. Got some good guests lined up for that. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who's liked the Facebook page, left reviews for us on iTunes. That's massively helpful. Uh, keep spreading the word for us. Loads of people have been retweeting the podcasts recently. Uh, you are my heroes because you help us spread the word but we'll have to be a bit vain about it we only do this so that other people listen to it um, and we we'll hope you all enjoyed the show as well as Craig Hope this week um, lads just left for me to say thanks for, for your time tonight and uh, we'll speak to you listeners again on Saturday cheers Dougal cheers. cheers joined by Russ um, Goldman who is from Cottage Talk uh, he's here to preview Newcastle United versus Fulham from a Fulham perspective for us so Russ thank you very much for joining the show um, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about yourself and about Cottage Talk sure I've been doing Cottage Talk now for uh, five years uh, it, it's a show strictly about Fulham Football Club and uh, it's just been a podcast that really has taken off o- over the time you know it, it was, in the very early days it was uh, it was me and a uh, co-host and uh then it really has transformed into myself and, and a bunch of co-hosts so it's a great show uh, i'm based here in the u.s but most of my co-hosts are right in england and, and i actually have a co-host that's also in canada and uh we connect and we talk about foam uh, uh we we like to do you know previews of matches and we also do a post-match show i, I try to do a post-match show Unless if there's a midweek match, then I don't do it. I combine it into the preview show. And, uh, you know, it's just a podcast that I enjoy doing. I, I, I want to talk about Fulham. Uh, and there really wasn't much. There was a podcast uh, when I started doing it. And uh, I wanted to do my own. And basically, that's where we are five years later. Nice one. So Fulham's season, I think, from, from a neutral's perspective, you'd have to say that Fulham probably one of the favourites, not favourites for relegation this season, but after the, the, the league position last season, um, really I think Fulham were tipped by many experts, certainly not to be bothering the playoff places. Has it been a much better season than I expected so far? Well, what's funny is that I, I saw all the talk as well, but I also saw the players that they were bringing in, and I also watched many of the uh, matches leading up to the season. And uh, I knew that this was not a team that was going to be facing an, another relegation battle. I knew that. Uh, and I was frustrated with all the talk because I, I had been watching them. And I knew that this is not a team that was going to be on that part of the table. They were going to be fighting for promotion. I truly believe that. I actually predicted at the beginning of the season fifth. Yeah. And uh, listen, they're seventh right now. I'm not that far off uh, where I projected them to be. Uh, because I truly believed in Slavisa Jokanovic and the players that he brought in. Brought in 14 players over the summer, and uh, I, I could see what he was trying to build 
last season he was just trying to keep us uh, keep us in the league. Uh, this season was about building a team, and that's basically what he did. So I was not surprised that we were not dealing with a relegation battle this season. I, I expected us to be where we are right now. And uh, to be honest with you, Alex, I'm a little bit disappointed because uh, we should actually be higher up than we are. You know, uh, we've dropped several points that, that we really shouldn't have. You know, we're actually underachieving. I know that sounds strange to say based on the season that they had last season, but I think that Fulmer are actually underachieving. What, what do you think led to the, the kind of the bad times in terms of, you know, we, we've come down this season and although yep. I'd like to argue we're a little bit of an anomaly, um, there are plenty of teams, Aston Villa and Norwich this season are great examples, they won't be in the playoff places. Why, right. why do you think Fulham weren't able to make an immediate return and, and why has it taken so long for, for you? Is, is, it, is it purely that you, it took you a while to get the right man to lead the club? I think that's a big part of it, Alex. You know, uh, when we got relegated, Felix McGath was still the manager of Fulham Football Club. And uh, at that point, the Cons had only been uh, owning the club for, for about a year. So they were still trying to figure out exactly the landscape of, of football in general. So I think the combination of the two, not having the right man in charge, and the Cons still being new to how football is, is being played, it took a while. It took a while to adjust. They, they did spend a good amount of money on Ross McCormack, but the problem was they really didn't um, surround him with other players to help Fulham get right back up. What Newcastle did is what I had hoped Fulham did. It wasn't just focus on one player. It was bringing in players that could really help you get right back up. And we focused on the striker, but really we, we brought in a bunch of other players, but they were not at the same level as Ross McCormack. So uh, it, it just wasn't a well-balanced team. And uh, he went with a lot of youth, Felix McGath, and it just didn't work. And then they brought in a, a, a former player, Kit Simons, to be the manager. And he did a very good job. But he was one of these managers that, that you felt that, you know, he would do a job. But could he get you to the next level? And, and over time, it was pretty obvious he was not that man. And that's when they decided to make the change. Uh, and they, they, uh, it took a long time, Alex, uh, to them to, to finally get Savisa Jokanovic in Israel. But he was dealing with a team that was, uh, that was doing well and that was in the Champions League. So, he, you know, they didn't, wanna, they didn't want him to leave. And uh, there was a little bit of a tussle going back and forth. So it took a long time for Jokanovic to get over to us. And by that time... That season was was gone. It was really just about survival. Plus, plus we had a transfer embargo last January, not this January, the last January. So it really hindered our growth. And then this season really has all been about starting from the bottom and building it back up. And that's what Jokanovic has done. Interesting. Very interesting. So back to the season, and you say you're pretty disappointed with, with where you've been. You think you're underachieving slightly. Well, slightly. Yeah, slightly. What do, you, what do you see as the natural position for Fulham Football Club? Do you think that Fulham's place is in the Premier League? And if so, why? I think eventually we're going to get back there. I Listen, I, I would love to see us get back there, get into the playoffs and, and go back next season. But if it doesn't happen this season, I truly believe, Alex, that, that it will happen next season. Because he's building something. You know, it's funny. It's a term that we use over here for other sports. He's building a program. He's really building a style. And the players are all buying into it. And 
I truly believe if we cannot get up this season, he's just going to add to what he has. And I truly believe that that we'll not we would not only just be fighting for top six. I think we'd be fighting for automatic promotion next season. So we're really building something here. We're not that far off. You know, uh, we can see it. You know, the the fans can see it, I and mean, I think that's also the frustration is because we are close. But uh, it is a brand new team with so many new players, and it's taken time to gel. And and this season, the thing that struck me the most was Fulham. You know, researching. I wrote a match preview for this game for yep. for True Faith, and um, Fulham's away form is is second only to Newcastle's. And our, our away form this season is someone who travels away from home to watch the team is ridiculously good. So for Fulham to have their second best um, away form, I really didn't surprise that. It hasn't really been talked about in the media. What do you what do you put that down to? Why is the away form better than the home form? Uh, you know, it's funny. It, it the home form took a while to uh, to really really take off, and uh, I I think it all goes back, Alex, to the, the month of September when, when we went through a difficult period. We were bringing in new players right after the uh, the transfer window uh, closed, and I think that whole situation of having all these players gel together and the pressure of playing at home, I think were factors in why the home form wasn't what it should have been. Uh, but over time, the home form has has, uh, has caught up a little bit. But the away form has always been good. And, and, and I think part of the reason why the away form is so good is the approach by the team. The team actually attacks. Um, it's possession-based football, and I think it actually travels fairly well. You know, we're not sitting back. We are going in to get all three points. And that, that's what I actually expect... Uh, against uh, your club at, at St. James's Park. I don't expect Fulham to sit back. I expect them to go there to attack and uh, and see see where the chips fall. You know, because that's just been the style all since we, you know, basically this season has been the style to wherever they go to attack and take it to the other team. And I think that might be part of the reason why the away form is good because because they're not going for a point. They're going for three points on the road. That's interesting you say that about this weekend because I've, I've noticed your manager today speaking to the press in advance of the game says that they're gonna, yeah. you're going to come here and you're going to try and dominate possession and you're going to come and have yeah. a go and I find that a little bit strange because our um, home form is not probably as good as everyone thought it would be although it's been made up for right. by the away form hence why we're top of the league but what we str- what we struggle against is teams who kind of um, press us but don't you know stay very compact stay very tight in midfield bog the game down you know when we lost to Sheffield Wednesday right. and we lost to Wolves it's kind of like that first goal matters and then so I don't, I don't know if personally just speaking I mean you know you, you watch Fulham much more than me I don't know right. if that's the the best way to approach us tomorrow and I, as a fan as a Newcastle fan I would love to see a team come to St James's Park and have a real go at us because it hasn't I think Brighton were the only team Brighton and Norwich are the only teams to do it Reading a bit as well and we, we beat all of those teams fairly comfortably um, so <laughs> So I, I read, and, and also as a spectacle as well, just as a fan, I would, I'd sure. much rather see an open game than than the usual lot we we'll see at St James's. I mean, to be fair, Bristol City came last time and they had a they had a real go in the first 10, 15 minutes and got two goals, although it were entirely our fault. But um, it, but then it kind of reverted back to you know everyone behind the ball. So yeah, listen, it'll be interesting if you unless yeah. unless I mean from what you're saying, it sounds like you 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 believe them, and, and that's how Fulham play. I was wondering before I spoke to you if it was just a little yeah. bit of um, media mind games. No, it's not. Uh, this is who they are. This is the type of team he's building. And 
you know, it's funny because we complain. Well, I, I've complained. I shouldn't say we. I complained that, uh, that they need to figure out ways to win, grind out victories. They've done that a little bit. But uh, the teams that have given Fulham trouble are the ones that you just described that, that, that do that to Newcastle United. It's the teams that, that try to stop us from playing. Uh, open game actually fits what Fulham want to do. You know, that's why I'm, I'm fascinated by this matchup because I think it's going to be two teams that want to play football. It, it should be open. I expect several goals by both teams because it really should be a, a good, you know, a good game. You know, again, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not great with predictions. I'll, I'll, I'll share my prediction at the end, but I just look forward to, to seeing how full match up against your club. It's the best team in the division, and it's a great test for them. It really is because, you know, I, I truly, Alex, I don't expect them just to come there, put all, put the entire team behind the ball, and, uh, and, and try to frustrate you. I expect them to come there and attack, and that weaves, you know, weaves them op- open you know, to your team. But it, I, I expect this to be a really open game. I could be totally wrong here. <laughs> no, no. You know, you know maybe Jokovic is... Is, is playing mind games here, but it just hasn't been that way. You know, whoever we played, you know, you know, I'll give you the best example. That's what they did against uh, Tottenham Hotspur, and they got, you know, they got shellacked there. But that was his approach. He wanted to attack Tottenham Hotspur, play them at their own game, and they could not get the ball against Spurs, you know, because they're Spurs. They have better players. <laughs> but he still went with that approach. It just didn't work. Moving back to the start of the season, obviously I, I was out for them for that first um, game, and, and what what you've described, what so far, and what the statistics suggest back up is what you're saying. Um, that that night was very very disciplined from Fulham in terms of um, th- that was that was I mean it was the first game of the season, and you scored from the set piece, and you hit us right. on the break quite a lot in the second half. But what it, it was very it was the, Fulham played some nice football, but it was a very much give Newcastle the ball. Um, we were almost a different team then. I mean, we, we, we've talked about it on the podcast, Russ, for, for, for you listeners, right. obviously, you've heard it before this conversation. But, um, you know, uh, from, from our point of view, um, Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale, and John Joe Shelby um, have only completed 90 minutes together this season four times um, for Newcastle, and on each occasion we scored four goals. So, where, right. you know, in terms of having players back and fit and where hopeful Gale will start. Um, you know, it's a massive bonus for us because even though that there are standout players, um, you know, Gales had his injuries, Shelby's had his problems. It's it's been kind of rare that we've had all of them on the pitch at once. And when we when we I don't know if we've if we've even lost a game. Possibly Wolves is the only game we've lost where those three players have started um, or completed the game anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I may as well push you for a prediction then, Russ. How, how do you think it's going to go? <laughs> Well, listen, I would take a point, so I'm going to go with 2-2. Uh, you know, I could be totally wrong here. And uh, listen, I could definitely see uh, Newcastle winning this match. They should be favored in this match. They are the best team in the division. I saw your prediction of 3-1, to one, and my only thought on that is that Fulham have only lost once this season by more than one goal. And believe it or not, that was to Bristol City early <laughs> in September. They lost 4-0. Uh, but beyond that, all the matches have been very close. So if they do lose, Alex, I would be surprised that it would be by two goals. Even even to your club, which is you know, which is a fantastic team for this division. You know, you're the best team in the division when 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 the season began. I thought you might end up second just because I thought it would take a little bit for you to get used to the, the division. But you have everything now intact 
your team is playing as a unit, and you really impressed me uh, with, with these away matches because you didn't have a lot of the possession, and you still found ways to win. That's the problem with Fulham. When they don't have the possession, they struggle because they, they need the ball. They want to possess the ball. So if you want to be Fulham, there are two ways to do it. That would be, like, like I said, try to frustrate us. Don't let us play. Get on top of us. Or just basically just, just don't let us possess the ball and you possess the ball. And you overpower us that way, uh, like, like, like uh, Tottenham Hotspur did. But, you know, I, I just see this as, as a game that Fulham are, are going to be prepared to play. I, I, like I said, I could be wrong. He might, you know, he might just set them up to, to try to frustrate you, but I just don't see it. And I think that's going to open things up for goals because you're going to, you're at home, you're going to want to score goals. I think we're going to want to score goals too. I think it's going to be, a, like I said, a very good game of football, Alex, but I will go 2-2. Great. And then finally, do you think you can make the playoffs this season? Would you, is that what you expect to happen as, as we get into the last 10 games? <laughs> I hope so. It's going to be hard. Uh, believe it or not, the last match is a setback. Uh, the, the Leeds United 1-1 uh, draw is a setback because my thought was that they had to win out at home. Uh, so they basically have dropped two points. We could talk about goal line technology. It is what it is. That's the result. It's 1-1. But, but those two points is, uh, is difficult because it, there was an opportunity to, uh, to move up a little bit. Uh, you know, and uh, we still have a game in hand, which is good for us. Uh, you know, if we get a result against you and then beat Blackburn on Tuesday, then we have something. But uh, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be hard at, at St. James's Park. You know, uh, it, it's going to be very hard. That's why I'd be happy with a point. You know, I would be totally happy with a point. But um, we'll see how, how things shake out. So am I overly confident that they can get into the playoffs? I wouldn't say overly confident, but they do have a chance. That's the way I'm looking at it. Brilliant. Russ, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And best of luck for the rest of the season. No problem. Happy to do it. Cheers. Joined now by our second Fulham fan tonight. Um, that is uh, Matthew, who is from the Total BS podcast. Uh, Matthew, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the podcast you do? Yeah, th- uh, thanks Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, yeah, the Total BS podcast is just basically me and my Newcastle supporting friend, Marcus Shearer. Basically, we got tired of texting each other our views about football and thought, might as well find a place to broadcast them, see if we can get more people on board. So we, so we put it together. So, and we've been going for about two years now, and it's getting, getting better and better each show. Um you can get us which uh, at podcast underscore BS is our Twitter handle, and you can also find us on iTunes. Great, yeah, Marcus. Um, some listeners will know has been on the show before. I think last time we had him on was the Aston Villa away game, so I'm sure yeah. we'll speak to him again soon. So, uh, Fulham, um, Matthew, this season, it's is it is it been a, a a surprisingly positive experience, or did you see this coming? Um, my expectations for this season and how I've reacted sort of changed during the season like to start off with i i couldn't sit i just wanted a season of consolidation maybe mid-table build on something for next year and then the start of the season obviously going off the first game of the season we thought hang on we might just have something here then the inconsistency of september where we couldn't win a game maybe made you start to think yeah maybe consolidation is where we should be 
Then the form changes again, and now you're thinking, yeah, the playoffs is a real possibility, and could we, could we maybe go up as a result of it? And I think, I think we can. Yeah. So do you see? I think what is it? A five point gap to Chef Wed, although you've got a game in hand. However, yeah, five point with a game in hand. Yeah, you got a difficult game this weekend. Um, do you, so do you, do you expect you to, to make playoffs? We're going to need a lot of luck to go our way. Uh, a, a lot of luck that we haven't had thus far, but we're starting to get now. I mean, Tom Kearney's goal uh, on Tuesday night was a per- perfect example of that. You know, you think when it's not going to go our way after Cabano's shot was clearly over the line but wasn't given. And then just that little, just keep going, keep going, keep going, and finally something broke with, with the Tom Kearney goal. And you think, those are the sort of things that if we're going to go up, those are the sort of things that are going to need to go our way. Yeah. I mean, is it is it all down to the um, to the manager? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, part, part of the manager and part of the players, because we finally decided to, uh, to uh, get a defence together. Now, as, as much as I was uh, maligned for saying Ross McCormack was the... Uh, you know, was the reason for our success, somewhat success last year, and saying getting rid of his goals was going to hurt us. I think it's shown that once you put a defence together with Thomas Callas, Michael Medill, and Tim Ream, who's been a very good acquisition from Kitsimmers last year, but he's developed under Jukanovic, under a very fine player. So it's getting that core of players together as well, which... You know, it's under Jukanovic, it's his responsibility to build that squad and manage them together. But the players have got to take some responsibility and some praise for it as well. Yeah, and is there that? I mean, I, I was at Fulham earlier in the season and it was a sellout, um, but you know, it was first game of the season, it was Newcastle. Yeah. Have, yeah. Have, have the fans kind of come back to Fulham this season? Not that I'm saying they were deserted, but I know last season just from watching highlights and stuff like that. There were quite a few empty seats. Is it is there kind of a, the feel good factor around the club back, and are people taking to the ownership? Um, yeah, the yeah the ownership of the the cards have sort of had a bit of a strained relationship because you know after thirteen years, I believe it was of under under Mohamed Al Fayed of you know good good football, staying in the Premiership, and under you know regressing every year under the Khan ownership. Which, but they've shown that once they've actually put their minds together and put their minds towards focusing, that there's actually there's actually something there. They've backed the manager, and it and it's shown. Like for instance, we're taking at the moment it's one thousand three hundred fifty up to St James's Park on Saturday, which, given our away performances over previous years, is something phenomenal. It just shows that the fans are starting to think, right, we can do something here. So now we're going to get. You know, get in the ground, get supporting the boys. Very interesting stuff. Moving on to the game on Saturday, um, Fulham's away form is frankly incredible, as is ours. <laughs> That's why I think it's incredible. You've got the second best away form in the division behind us. Um, you have only lost three times away from home, and I don't think by more than a, uh, more than one goal. How how has that happened? Um, I think it, I think it goes back to what I was what I was saying earlier. You know. Uh, Jukanovic has finally finally sorted out the defence and the and the, the core of the the core of the side. You've got Callis and Ream at the centre of defence, and then uh, Kevin McDonald in front of them, just breaking everything up, along with Stephanie Hansen. It's you no, know, it's something that's been lacking for Fulham 
over the past couple of years is a good, solid defensive line and defensive midfield in front of him, which is why we conceded so many goals, even though we've had some very good keepers in Stockdale back in the Premier League days and Marcus Bernalli. They're good goalkeepers, but when you're getting so many shots against your game, you're going to let some in. Now the defence has taken some of that burden away from him, it's all starting to look a bit more impressive and the results are showing that. And, and they know you kind of today has been speaking to the the press in London about how you're going to come here and try and dominate and and have a real go um, from any castle perspective. That's very good because the teams we tend to struggle against at home, um, although they don't park the bus, they certainly don't have a go. Um, you know, do, do you think that's wise from him? Do you, do you or do you rather see him adapt his game, adapt your game for the fixture? Um, I. No, I think you know we've got a, we've got a, a winning formula as is now. You know, I've been in the league since the middle of February, so coming up to a month now. You know, don't change a winning formula, but I. It depends on how he wants to play. Does he want to play to our strength, or does he want to take away Newcastle's strength? Now, every game's different. You know, personally, I would. You know, first and foremost is shut John Joe Shelby down. That's first uh, priority for Newcastle. But again. Every every game is different. You got to treat everything, treat everything as it comes. So game plans tend to change. Hey, for all we know, uh, Dwight Gale could score after thirty seconds, and game plan completely changes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, you mentioned there. I mean, this last ten games of the season, you mentioned you were five points off. Do you, do you think you realistic, realistically have to get something from this game to remain in the playoff contention? I don't know who. Um, Chef, where up are playing? Um, but do you think it's you know you need a minimum of a point, or is it is it kind of there's plenty of time left? Um, time is time is certainly running out. Just looking at this, after this weekend, we'll have ten games left to build. Up. I I think we can. I yeah. I th- I I'd say a draw, a minimum a draw uh, out of this weekend to keep to keep some. Sort of to at least keep a, a level gap, if you will. So I'd say a minimum of a draw is required out of this weekend. But in all honesty, just because of who we're playing, I I I can't predict anything more than a Newcastle win personally. Oh well, fair enough. Um, I think we're kind of the same. Although I think a lot of Newcastle fans are respecting Fulham. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more than we would have done earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, well, I suppose that's kind of it. Thanks very much for for coming on. Um, I hope we can. Talk to you next season as a fellow Premier League club. Yeah, it seems a little bit unlikely, but um, yeah. it's uh, it's certainly not outside the realms of possibility in this division. It's a long shot, but Barcelona had a long shot last night, and we saw how that worked out. Great shots, Matthew. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers.